All right, what's up, everybody? Here we are in the palatial uh, states up here in Austin, New York, with my partner, my law, my partner in law enforcement, Bill Cannon. What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? You're doing better than me. I'm not getting as much work as you. You're getting work in show business. You work a lot. Yeah, you're there. always doing some here commercial. Trying to do something. You got the face, man. <laughs> Your face is on all the buses in New York City, Monroe College. Yeah, it used to be. It's a great face. Hey, man. why are we giving them a plug? They're not paying me. No, they stopped? They st- but they're still using it? <laughs> no, they don't use it anymore. I thought I, I always no, see it. No. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I had a uh, stroke of good fortune this week. I, uh, I, had, I made an appearance. I played a Detective Cortez on this new show that's coming out. It's called FBI Most Wanted. It's going to be Is on Is that going to be an ongoing role for you or no? Nah. I mean, it's a... They didn't small even, part. They Who didn't knows? even kill Detective Cortez. They just no, he didn't get in. killed, thank God. But um, <laughs> it was fun. It, it's a spinoff off the show that's FBI. Yeah. That's already on TV right now. And this is a spinoff. It's called FBI Most Wanted. They're like the Warren Squad. They drive around uh, the country in a bus looking. The bus oh, so you were in Warren, so they figured you'd know what you were doing. So they yeah. brought you in. Well, I played a detect- I did- I played detective from, uh, from some squad room in the Bronx that uh-huh. they bring on board of this bus to go look at some DD5s that they can't read because you know, they've written like uh, third grade language. But it was great. So I want to give a shout out to Jonathan, uh, Jonathan, Strau- uh, Jonathan Strauss Casting and uh, the director, Fred Berner. And it was a great experience. The whole cast is like... They were all great actors, man. I mean, they, what the the one guy that this this in the scene that I do, it's even though it's really small, like I almost get into a fight with one of the FBI agents, and uh, he was in the movie. Hey, that's real life shit. Real cops don't get along with the FBI. Yeah, you know? that's why I guess I, I brought uh, a little bit of that to it. Good in the, man. In the, in you got to be short. nasty to the FBI. And everybody's always like, "There's no such thing as small parts." And I'll tell you something. It's only there small is. actors. I, I, listen, <laughs> I, I I did a, the appearance on Law and Order this past season. That's for you. And you want to talk about small parts? Okay, listen. If they, if you're if they're running the credits over your face while you're saying your one line, it's a pretty small part. That's pretty. That's pretty disrespectful. <laughs> this one, this one, no. This one's like in the middle of the story. So, uh, yeah. So that was a pretty cool experience. So I wanted to give my shout outs and say thank you. Oh, what I wanted to say about the cast is that the guy I almost got into a fight with. He was in um, he was in those movies, uh, the vampire movies. Andrew, what were those? Those girly movies. Twilight. See, I knew you would know. Wow. <laughs> Andrew knows I, everything he, 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 about no, cinema. I knew. Yeah. Twilight series. That's because my, uh, my daughter was that age. And, and my you better son be nice to Andrew. To Andrew is, you know, he's in demand in the podcast yeah, business. Yeah, I know. And guess what? You know? We're your first show. You started with us. This is your loyalty. That's how, yeah, it's right. People say, hey, are you it. the engineer from Police Off The Cuff? And yeah, he's yeah, proudly says, it. How yes, he's I am. like 10 podcasts. <laughs> and, he, and he said, I'm not available. No, you, this is- You fucker, you're going to come and do this. Unless you're going to get paid some real money. <laughs> and in that case, you better cut us in. That's right, man. But yeah, he's in the Twilight Oh, can I series. just plug one thing? This is going to come out this Friday, Saturday night. I'm at Lucy's. Uh, there's a show at six. It's the Oktoberfest Comedy Festival. I'm producing both shows, but I'm only on the second one at eight o'clock because I didn't want people have to come out the, so early. You no, no, I, off the first one. I could have been on the first one. I didn't want to be on the first one too. It's too early because mm-hmm. so I'm going to produce it too. I want to be there to supervise, like like a like a sergeant, but uh-huh. supervising comedy. You know, yeah, these guys, these comics, they don't know they got. No, they, that's it. right. They, they need to be supervised. I need to read them. If you're their on rights. this show. Make sure that you're there on time. <laughs> you're right. ready to go. You don't go over the light. And if and if there's not enough people in the seats, don't think you're getting paid because I'm not going into yeah, dress the dress properly. I'm not going Look into the red to pay you. Look professional. No That's shorts. Right. 
Oh, man, I hate when comics wear shorts. Yeah, all right, anyway. That's ridiculous. We got a great guest today, man. I'm very, very excited. Um, he did. He was a, he's a retired New York City police officer. He did 20 years on the job, just like me. Uh, you worked with him. Yeah. So, um, Want to hear you... something crazy? And we just, when he walked into my house, I said, I haven't seen you in 29 years. We worked as sergeants together in the 2-6 precinct in 1990. Uh -huh. God, we're old. Yeah, yeah, we are old fuckers, huh? Holy shit. And he looks like a mob lawyer now, you know? Uh -huh. He's got the bald head. You know, he's got it all going. Listen, got, it, it, well, it, how, how much was that now? jacket? That, that's, that, that's definitely Out, no... He looks sharp. Outlet, he looks man. sharp. Let, let's, let's, uh, <laughs> Bill, introduce him. This is Louis LaPietra, a lawyer extraordinaire and retired NYPD sergeant. He used the job more than he didn't let the job use him. Lou right? LaPietra. LaPietra. ESQ, right? Esquire. Esquire. I've been called worse. <laughs> so well, you just got to move up to the microphone right. a little bit because we want to make sure we hear everything How's that? you say. That's better. All right. So uh, how do you know Bill? So interestingly enough, um, in 1990... I'm in my, back then when you, when you made sergeant, you did six months in a, um, I guess. BMOC? The first command. No, no, well, you did BMOC and then your first command you did six months and okay. they didn't want you to get too comfortable and then you would go to your next command. So my first command was the 2-8 and then my next command was the 2-6 and Billy came into the 2-6, I guess, as that part of my, your first Yeah, six that was months, my right? six-month command, yeah. And we were rookie sergeants. I mean, big deal. I had six months more than him. What did mm -hmm. I know? You know, and we were rookie sergeants together. And, and I, uh, I had just come from street crime, so I was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, yeah." I just wanted to kill, you know. Yeah, and uh, still he had, was so laid back. Had, uh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still had meat carcass in your <laughs> teeth, right? That's right. Blood dripping out of your mouth. Yeah. That's right. You know, and then when I went to the two six, which was such a laid back command, as you know, they call the two six the hole in the donut. Yeah, because everything happens around the two six, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, and Mark, you were in the two six yeah. also. When were you there? Um. I guess uh, 2002 I went there, and I stayed there for five years. Oh, wow, yeah. So that's, 2000, that's, he was in the squad. That's, that, that's no, after, to that's 2007, after. 2002, because I did 9-11 um, when I was in the Warren cool. squad. I was still there. And then sometime after 9-11, I got transferred to the 2-4 first. I did two, six months there, and then one day I just walked in. And I hated the two four, by the way. I don't know. Just I hated the squad. But you were in anyway, the squad. The two, I like two six better. Anyway, I just they, I just got a phone call. It says, "Oh, you've been transferred to the two six, which turned out better. It was a little slower. Yeah, you know. There's more. Uh, I think there's more juice in the two six too because of Columbia University. You know. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot remember, of stuff. We going remember on dealing with Columbia, which was we weren't allowed in there. Right. It was ridiculous. You know, if, if someone was a victim yeah. of a crime, right, you yeah. couldn't come on the campus. You go to the gate yeah. and you wait for a. Yeah, supervisor. yeah. They'd be, be oh, really? escorted wow. by their security. You know, who probably also had nicer numbers. Right. I wonder <laughs> if that's still the case. I don't know. Uh, as far as you know, access to the no Columbia University. Uh, they don't like the police. Yeah. I walked around no. in there, but I was in the squad, so I was in a suit. So they I didn't know who you okay. are. Yeah, they thought you were yeah. a radical leftist student. Plus, I got a chance to, <laughs> we used to work really close with the, the head of security there. He was a retired first grader. Well, no, that was the head of their investigative security. Yeah. The head of security was a retired chief from narcotics, McSwain or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. Well, the investigators. Yeah. They, that guy, he was great. He McShane. Was McShane. Yeah, McShane, yeah. yeah. yeah he was Jimmy the, McShane. Right. Yep. And he turned into a lib, too, for just from working there. Yeah. So you guys are on, <laughs> this, you guys are on the same tour when you're working in the 2-6 now? You know, I don't remember. All I remember, I, mean, I don't know why I have this vivid memory of you saying to somebody, and I quote, I'll slap you. 
<laughs> and I don't remember the context. I don't remember like what the guy said or did, but the guy took him pretty seriously. He's like, oh, okay. You know, I don't know if it was a perp. I don't know, a complainant. I have no idea, but I do like remember me. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was not long for the 2.6. I mean, I, I didn't like the 2.6 because uh-huh. it was like too slow. There was uh-huh. too much. Like Especially internal politics. Time, yeah, yeah. Everyone in the 2-6 was hooked with a boss well, within the command. It, it's amazing because I was in the 2-8, and the 2-8 in 1989 was like... Rocking. Yeah. You know, it was... It, you, you had a... I mean, there's a couple of stories that come to mind, and th- this has to do with real estate. You know how people say, ah, you know, you should have invested in real estate back then? Right. Mm-hmm. So back then, I remember going, and I was on a midnight, and it was one of those... You know, 1013. So you know it wasn't an MOS calling. But MOS shot is what it said, right? So we go to 117th between 7th and Lennox. And EMS was right behind us. That was when EMS was still... Just for our audience, for one, he's using a few acronyms. MOS stands for Member of the Service. EMS, of course, is Emergency Medical You mean there's non-cops that listen to this? Some non-cops listen to this and they say, we don't know what we're talking about because you guys use code. You know, There's a lot. Yeah. Oh, but the, anyway, the non-cops will get a kick out of this because so we get there and there's a guy and this is it's really cold. You know, it's like I don't know, five below zero on a February night. It's on the late tour, it's two o'clock in the morning, and there's a guy and he's laying face down and he's doing the death suck. Right? You know What's the death that? suck? That's when somebody's going, as we like to say, he's going out of the picture well, central the picture, yeah. and he's going <laughs> He's laying face down, right? Do that again? Like right? that. We turn him over. I can't do it. Who the right? hell invented that expression? That's He's going out of the picture, yeah, Central. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you, I know. And was, you know what that means, common, right? It was a common uh, thing yeah. over the radio. That meant the guy, he's going to die. Rush the bus, like he's going Rush out of the, the bus, picture. he's going out of the picture. <laughs> so we turn the guy over, and the guy is opened up completely. So what we later found out is somebody took an, an Uzi with a 30-round clip, emptied it into the guy, and then for good measure, took a hook knife and disemboweled him. Oh, my God. From, from navel to throat. So when we turned him over, his intestines had fused to the street, oh, right? Oh, because of the cold weather. Because of the cold, Ice. you know, and they were steaming. Oh, my God. Right? And so, I, and, I, and I always refer to this as the steaming gizzard story, <laughs> right? And they're steaming. And like, you know, we're trying to help this guy and he's still alive and he's- He's alive? He's alive. He's hemorrhaging through his nose and mouth and he's trying, you know, and so trying to be a good cop. I'm like, who who did this? Who did this? Right? And he's like, I can't understand what, you know, he's bubbling and bleeding. They put him in the ambulance and half of his gizzards are still stuck to the the ground. Like they separated. I mean, his large intestine unraveled like- you know, like the old, you know, Frankfurters you'd see on a Popeye yeah, cartoon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that. This is pretty graphic. Yeah. You know, man. We're going to get an R rating for this episode, I think. Um, so, whatever. We take them in the, they go in the ambulance and we go to St. Luke's. And there was an old expression, remember? If, if I get shot in front of Harlem, take me to Luke's. That's right. That? <laughs> that's right. That's right. But you don't get shot in front of Harlem Hospital. Yeah, if I get shot in front of Harlem, you know, Harlem Hospital would kill you. Get shot in front of Harlem Hospital. Harlem Hospital's killed more people than guns. Yeah, right. It's true. But then years later, it became the number one trauma hospital in Manhattan. This is 1989, though. And in 1989, Columbia Press was the place to go in 1989. Yeah. So we take them to St. Luke's. So I go. 
and there's these two cops. I don't remember their names. I remember they were really Italian. One guy had a big, in the 80s, mustaches were yeah, big. Yeah. I had one. And I Everybody had, had one. I had this big girl from the equipment section. You know? Those mustaches came from yeah. the equipment section back then, yeah. right? It was like, so Tony and Joey, I said, they said, you know, Sarge, it's cold. You mind if we sit in the car? I said, okay, make a crime scene around the steaming gizzards. And like, you know, when Night Watch comes and crime scene comes, you know, do what you got to do. So I get to the hospital. This guy is still alive. Fuck, without, without the oh gizzards. Right? And, but he, you know, he's going. He's going right, he's fast. Likely. He's likely. I get a... Um, a call on the radio. Central says, um, Eighth Sergeant, respond back to the crime scene. Somebody stole the gizzards. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> stole the gizzards? A pit bull. Oh, started eating. A stray pit bull oh comes God. out. The guys were like, I'm like, what happened? The guy's like, you're not going <laughs> to believe this. A dog came out from between two cars. He oh, put, my God. He put half the, sh the shit in his mouth and he oh, took off. I'm like, that's another 49 I got to write. I got to oh write two. Well, I don't so, think the guy that got shot needed that stuff anyway. I mean, you know, but to, to circle back to the story, <laughs> where he was shot and where those steam and gizzards were and ultimately were taken were in front of three brownstones on 117th Street, right? And they were owned by HUD. The, the Fed had it. You had, to buy three, you had to buy all three. You know who was and, in charge of HUD back then or shortly thereafter? Andrew Cuomo was appointed by the Clintons to run right. HUD. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, imagine that you had the opportunity to buy these three brownstones. They mm -hmm. were shells. Yeah, yeah. And I later learned that even if you bought the shells, that the Fed would have given you money to rehab them. Wow. Right? Take a, you know, take a guess how much they were for all three. You had to buy a, a lot of three. Now, three three-story brownstones. 150,000. 60,000. 30,000. 10,000. Oh, I was going to say Each. that first. Each. Damn it. Those are now, my those are turned into condos. Every Millions. floor is a condo, and each condo is probably two or three million dollars. I so remember, do her, the math. They used to do programs for cops, too. A cop on the block, you get a chance to buy a house in probably a, a bad area. But but can you imagine having the courage to buy that house? I mean, I'm oh, standing yeah. in the guy's steaming gizzards. I'm not looking to buy a house. I don't even no. want to stand there. Much but you know something? In the um, 60s and 70s and early 80s, the Upper West Side was like that. Who, oh, no. You got to be a visionary, though. I mean, you really do. I mean, how could you even predict that? Never. Like the way Never. Giuliani uh, transformed Times Square. When we grew up, Times Square, like you can never cesspool. even imagine it. You can Im never imagine what it's like today. Right. The way it used to be with the peep shows and the drugs and all the drunk derelicts hanging out in front of um, the the Deuce. Yeah, 42nd, well, 8th, yeah. The train station, what's that called? Um, Grand Central? It's not Grand Central. No, oh, Grand Central. Oh, 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 the Port Authority. Port yeah. Authority, yeah. 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 It was bad. Yeah. It was really bad. So come, I'm saying coming from that world, from the 2.8 to the 2.6, was was actually yeah, for you, you, rather nice. And in the 2.8 back then, they had the huge heroin problem. So the people with the elephantitis legs, remember oh, yeah. that? Yeah, I remember there was a guy... Um, this was actually pre-AIDS too, right? Or was it just around the time it was AIDS was just around was the time of AIDS. There was, yeah. there was so many abandoned buildings in the confines of the 2-8 that we were, I, I think, the only command that was authorized to leave the command for meal because there was right. nowhere to go. There was nowhere to go, yeah. You know? That's interesting. And, um, well, you were on that job with me in the 2-6 when that woman jumped out the window and got impaled, right? You, were you on that I'm job? I'm not sure if I was. I don't know. I, look, I mean, the whole, my police I had a 2-6 impaled... <laughs> Uh, Columbia University, and uh, I thought was, uh, my guy was a male. He was impaled. He was a, a professor there. Yeah, mine was a Columbia University student. Yeah. 
who uh, I had a girl. She was uh, a suicide from yeah, um, terrible Manhattan School of Music. That one was bad. You know, I still think about that one. Yeah, that yeah, one. She jumped. Yeah, she was a young girl, man. She was like nineteen. A lot of those Ivy League schools, they put so much academic pressure on the kids that the kids in she Cornell was, they have the gorge. And kids yeah, used to swan dive off that, off that bridge into the gorge. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they have to have like people watching the gorge during exam time. You know, so o- only cops could do this. I-, I take my daughter up to see Cornell because she got waitlisted for it, and I'm like, "There's this great program for- in New York State. Two of the Cornell colleges are SUNY colleges. If you're a New York resident, right, right. you pay SUNY tuition." So I'm like, "Oh, please let this kid go." But then, like an idiot, we go to the gorge, and I go, "Isn't this where all every all the kids jump off when they're stressed out?" And she's like, <laughs> yeah. So she's like, "Nah, Dad, I think I'm good." Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want the temptation of this jump, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, that ledge in uh, the Manhattan School of Music. I think it's like six stories up, man. But when you look over it, yeah. oh my oh, god. god! And she landed on her feet, man. The shoes exploded <sighs> sideways. I remember and, this real fat lady jumped out of this building in uh, in, in the two three, and uh, she hit dirt and she left a huge crater. And I, I, you know, copy humor. I don't know why I found it funny that there was like a huge crater under it. It's, it's uh, not funny, you know. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> but, some some of the stuff. I mean, I, you know, I, there. Laugh. You know, that's the thing. It's like um, that's what most people don't realize is that you develop. It's it's a defense macabre exactly. sense of humor. Yeah, took the words right because, out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah. I remember it's one horrible. time when it's I was horrible. a rookie too. There was a an accident. This car went off. I think it's a, it used to be called the Frederick Douglass Highway, and then it went down to the Van Wick. I think where they where they overpass, and these two girls were driving one way, and this car went off going the other way, and it it hit the roof, and the girls got decapitated. Oof. So the two responding officers they couldn't handle it. They they were freaking out, and then so uh, two other officers show up, and they were like, "What's the matter?" And then she, I guess they lost their heads, <laughs> you know, and they took over the job. But you got it. It's not. For you know, I had I had a one-legged guy shoot and kill this guy on Eighty Third Street in the two O. Actually, mm-hmm. I was I was uh, I had the detective borough, you know, and Captain Rowe, uh, you know, your <coughs> ca- his mm-hmm. his brother, mm-hmm. you know, the one guy who worked in the two six. So um, he shows up and he says to me, he "Goes what happened?" <laughs> I go with this. Uh, this one-legged guy shot and killed this guy on the block who's supposedly a bully. He goes, what are they saying about it? I go, they're saying he doesn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> and he didn't even crack a smile. He was like so pissed that I made that joke. And then I saw his face. And he, uh, he couldn't help it. Uh, he had to uh, laugh after that, you know. We got a guy once on a warrant, and he only had one arm. So uh, what do you do with the cuffs, right? You, you cuff him to his belt buckle. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Man. <laughs> That's gotta be. You got two arms, you get handcuffed, you know. But if you only got one, you yeah. always count on that. That was one, that used to saying? happen. I never had that. a lot back in the day. Yeah. Someone missing an arm or something. You're like, well, how do I cuff this guy? You know. Yeah, like yeah, it happens. I, I saw one of you. You were talking about an escaped prisoner or something, and it um, on one of these. Yeah. Um, and I, I had, yeah. I, I had one as a cop. I'll never forget the panic. I get this guy. This is, man, this is the 80s Bronx Task Force. We used to have a DWI task force. Yeah, we used to, I was in that, but I was in the Queens one. Oh, so you remember that, right? Yeah. So it was like overtime, and you just stood, and we would sit on the corner of Tremont and Webster, and everybody was drunk. We yeah. just would pick out the most drunk. We would sit on Roosevelt Avenue. <laughs> you know? yeah. and, and, and there's a guy, and he's in a box truck with a, like a refrigerator unit on it, 
and he's kind of like up against the glass, and we're like, wow, this guy barely looks conscious. Let's let's pull him over. We pull him over. We open, and he falls out of the truck. <laughs> he just falls. I mean, the guy was like, he blew when he finally was able to blow like a 3-2. He was basically like three points below alcohol death. Death, yeah. right? Sopla! <laughs> so we, we bring him, we, I mean, it was just crazy. We bring him to Jacoby. My aunt, God rest her soul, was the supervising uh, emergency room nurse. So I'm like, hey, Ann, Ann, how are you? I'm, I'm like, I leave the guy cuffed to the bed. I come yeah. back. There's the cuff. No guy. Oh, man. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm having, like a, I'm having a panic attack, right? I'm running up and down the hallway. There's like square badge security at that time. I don't even think it was health and hospitals police. And I'm like, anybody see this guy? And I'm running. <laughs> and I don't want to go over the air because no, yeah, like you said, you. right? Once you go over the air, it's yeah, all over. Yeah. I run out. And I remember I run out into, the, into like the, uh, the entrance. There's like a circular entrance. for Jaco- And he's not around. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm going to have to go over the air. Next thing you know, I see the guy. And he walks back and he sits up on the bed. And I'm like, <laughs> where'd you go? Where'd you go? He goes, I got to go to the bathroom. Uh, he goes, I said, you're not supposed to leave. He goes, I don't kill nobody. Because I'm right here. I'm like, talk about like, you know. <laughs> you know, that was like an automatic suspension. It became yeah. an automatic suspension. It and they would take usually like a week to two weeks from the guy. You yeah. could drive up and down Roosevelt Avenue. Almost any night, but definitely on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you could pretty much call your shot. Like, for example, if we had a, a van and four guys, three guys looking, you didn't have to start looking. And when I mean looking, looking for to make a, a DWI arrest. You didn't just have to start looking until like 12.30. And by, we were done at 2 in the morning. So by 1.30, 1.15, you had three in the, three in the van. Yeah. It was like shooting ducks in the barrel, yeah, man. Really was. And he used to pull the car over because everybody was drunk. He used to pull the car over a lot of times. A, you know, and I was speaking English. Sopla! <laughs> it's this field uh, sobriety test, and it's got a, a straw on it, and he just shove it right in the mouth. Sopla! <laughs> and then they blow up, and then you just stand there and look at it, and if, if it was like a back then, you you it was one all, You got to right? figure in the time between. How uh, how long it's going to take them to blow? Right. Uh, the official breathalyzer test, which was in the one twelve precinct. So you got to be able to gauge: is this guy still going to be drunk like two hours from now? You got two hours to get him tested. Right. Right. So if he's only a one point two, fuck it, let him go. You know what are you going to do? And let him go. So we used to. All right. He's a. Nah, he's a one six. He's good to go. Cuff him <laughs> up. That, that one's yours. Get back in the van. And if it wasn't good enough, all right, fuck it. No more drinking. You got it. <laughs> okay, officer, get out of here. You know, <laughs> jump we, back in the van. We remember, like in the nineties, all the livery cabs had these fake plates, these dealer plates, right? Which meant they had no insurance; they weren't yeah. registered. You'd Mystery pull them over, right? Mystery you'd pull them over, and, and they'd the go, gypsy cabs. They would saying. say no English, no, English. <laughs> and they would like try to exhaust you with that. But I would just pull out my handcuffs. Uh, and click them, and then they'd say, please, officer, do not arrest me. And I said, wow, you learned English pretty quick. I said, handcuffs are better than English. Rosetta Stone for teaching English. It's emergency English. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Some people hate that joke. I've done that joke doing stand-up. And this That's one comic whose father was a cab driver said, I hate that joke. I said, it's too bad. Uh, you don't like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not telling it's it funny. for you. And it's your a different cab life driver father. That's for sure. <laughs> Listen, not all, this shit is not for everybody. No. I always say that about me. No. I'm not for everybody, you know. I'm an acquired taste. Yeah. You know? That's true. <laughs> That's I guess right. we all are. Anyway. Yeah, we all yeah. are, sure. You yep. can't be liked by everyone. Right? Yeah. I don't know. If you are, you're not really being real, I don't think. That's true. 
You know what I'm saying? Can't be internationally loved like Louis LaPietra. You know, wow. goes to Italy, they love him. I don't know. So how'd you become a lawyer? What happened? Uh, <laughs> man, I don't even... You said he had two years that... Uh, you said he basically did 18 and then he went to work somewhere else for two years? Did, yeah, I, I stood on our payroll. I stood on our payroll. When I, in, um, I want to say in the year 2000, I was a managing attorney in the legal bureau. So you already became a lawyer while you were in the job? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, how many years did you have on before you became a lawyer? Oh, so I came on in 83. I didn't get my bachelor's degree till 91. When so you I, were going to school in eight, from 83 to 91, somewhere in there you picked up and you started going back to school. Exactly. How much schooling did you have to get done? Well, I had to go to get, you, you know, you got to get an undergrad like everybody else. Yeah, I know. But I mean, right? how, were you, did you have a year into it? Uh, yeah, I had maybe, I don't know. When I came on the job, I had maybe like, because Joe Murray, Joe credits. Murray had one year. And yeah, then no, he had yeah. one semester. Yeah, oh, one semester. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close, pretty yeah. similar. Mm -hmm. uh, like 16 credits, I want to say I had. I was, uh, you know, I was going to cure the world through music therapy back then. <laughs> I had long hair. I was a psych major and a music major. I was going to Mercy College and then the Westchester Oh, this is the first time, your first go around. Yeah, when, okay. I, when I first, before I became a cop. And, Were you uh, in a band? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was... Uh, what kind of I, band? Rock and roll? Um, I, it was a... You were heavy metal, right? Yeah, it was a prog... <laughs> so it was a prog rock original metal band, right? Prog, you, know you mean from Czechoslovakia? No, I mean like uh, <laughs> progressive rock. Oh. Like, uh, you know, Yes, ELP, Dream Theater kind of stuff. Like, um, But, you know, we looked like Twisted Sister. You know, we you wore, wore like leather. No makeup, but we all had long hair. And I, mean, I remember being... Um, appointed to the job and I pulled up, you know, I pulled up. There was a theater that in, in January of 83, they had like a, they used a theater. It was 2,500 people going in to get appointed. It was a Monday and I, um, I get on the line and I go and they're like, can I, and there's these two guys, apparently in hindsight, detectives from uh, a, you know, applicant processing. Mm -hmm. So they're like, can I help you? I'm like, yeah, I'm here to be appointed in the, in the NYPD. They're like, really? What's your name? <laughs> I go, my name is Lou LaPietra. They go, this ain't no Don Kirshner's rock concert. Uh -huh. This is the police department. Uh -huh. Take seat 21. And I remember, remember that guy, Lieutenant Burkhardt? Did you have him? No. He was no. like the disciplinarian of the academy. And like he makes a speech and he tells everybody, you got until Friday to get a haircut. I mean, I had hair that looked like, I mean, I looked like, a, like Farrah Fawcett majors. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. If I show you pictures, you'll be, you know, it was like this flowing mane. Well, we definitely want pictures to put up. With, uh, oh, you'll, 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 the podcast. You'll, you'll get a kick out of this. But um, the guy makes a beeline for me. He goes, everybody's got until Friday, but not you. You got until tomorrow. Because if you come in here looking like that tomorrow, you're out. And I'm oh, like, shit. oh, shit. So I remember my my father had a call. Um, what a difference between his, now his and friend Luigi the barber. <laughs> Luigi the barber had to come because the barbers are all closed on Monday. He had to come with his bag. And my father, a year earlier, had said, I, "You got to understand, I'm first generation Italian American. That's why I'm fluent in, in um, Italian." And um, my dad was a carpenter from Italy with a sixth grade education. Like he didn't know. I didn't have any. You know, I was and I was an outcast. I'm right, like I'm right, trying right. to become a rock guy you know and uh, a year earlier he goes cut of this uh, this uh, fucking hair please I <laughs> cut this fucking hair I love he it goes, he goes I'll give you 2,000 now back in 1982 2,000 was real money and like an idiot I said no I said no oh, dad we're gonna get a record deal like I need the hair right so when he calls Luigi the barber he goes Luigi's gonna come and give her the haircut 
and not too tough. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know? That's great, man. So I get the but haircut. What, why, why did you want to become a cop, though? There was You're... something in me as a kid that always wanted to become a cop. I remember being a, a, growing up on 185th Street in the Bronx before we moved to the suburbs of Belmont, you know, on, a, on Laurelard Place, Arthur Avenue. The guy across the street was a cop. I was a little kid. And I remember once in a while, I'd see a car that looked like that, like that green, black, and white. Mm -hmm. And I thought this guy was God, mm -hmm. you know? And then I remember something happened. He died. Wow. And there was a huge funeral procession in front of the house. And I had never experienced anything like that. Like they came around with the, you know, with the, with the police car and the motorcycles right. and this and that. And I'm like, wow, this guy really was like... A big deal. Like somebody, <laughs> yeah. you know? I, and, and I kind of... And, and, and people were genuinely upset and they were crying and like... This guy, and I remember my, my mother said to me, I said, well, you know, who, you know, what is that guy? I mean, I might have been four or five. He says, well, that guy helped a lot of people. And so a lot of people are sad today that he's gone because he can't help anybody anymore. Right. Wow. And I never forgot that. That kind of got ingrained in me. Um, so there was something in the back of my mind, that and my dad. My dad was like, look, the city job, that's the best of job, <laughs> right? You take every test. And we lived across the street from Roosevelt High School, which is where they would give the civil service tests. And I took every one. That was on the Lower East Side? Uh, Bathgate and Fordham, right by Fordham oh, University okay. in the Bronx. And um, the cops called me first. Um, and I was really, I kind of worked harder on that application. Right, right. It's, I mean, God bless sanitation, but it wasn't as exciting a career opportunity, I, you know. Um, so... Boom! I um, I go into the police you academy. You went on, so, on eighty three. Yeah, January eighty three. So you, the the Luigi came and he cut your hair. Mm. How short did he cut it? Um, well, a lot shorter than it needed to be. I think Luigi thought I was going to Marine Corps boot camp. Because <laughs> um, then I show he up. He broke out the clippers. Oh, oh, he sheared me like a like uh, a sheep, man. like a sheep in Wisconsin, man. <laughs> I mean, he. Did, what, you, I, did you meet that guy Skippy? From oh, Rick. absolutely. Wasn't he a, he's a treasure, a oh, national yeah, treasure. Skippy that guy. was like, and, and, and yo, Rod Stewart, what's your problem? He would say <laughs> he to me. I don't think he, he met Skippy. Oh, you you had Skippy too? Well, let me ask you a question. Um, so when you went back to the academy the, the next day, did they even recognize you? So I remember the guys in, behind me who were pretty cool. And, you know, I, we met and we were talking and, and, and I heard them go, man, what happened to that rock dude? I guess he didn't make it. I turned around and they're like, Oh, oh my God! What the hell happened to you? Uh, right? But look, thirty years later, I'm bald been, as a cue ball. Could have been Eddie Money. <laughs> nah, he was a, he was never a cop. I found out he was a police trainee. Oh, is that right? His brother was made a captain. captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Those Money. pictures of him in the uniform, though. Yeah, well, you said he was a trainee. He was a trainee. Never, so, actually... like, his time would have counted if he became a cop. But back then, they had something. I guess it was like a yeah. A lot of guys, like cadets. I think Anamone was a trainee. Um, Esposito. Mm. They came on when they were eighteen. Yeah. And the and time, the time counts. counted, yeah. yeah. So it wasn't auxiliary. I think John Rowe was a something. A trainee. Too, John. He had 42 years, I think, yeah, when he John retired, had, right? He came on when he was like 17, and that time yeah. was, that's what he probably was. Well, today they have the cadet corps, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. Which is kind of like I never a, saw a cadet it, that became anything on the job. Right, no, they all do. It, it's pretty kidding? new, though. Yeah, no, <laughs> they go. They go they oh, no, promoted. actually there was one. She was they an African girl, Akinyele, and she became an inspector. It's like ROTC for the police department. Yeah. You know, like, I guess if you're in the military and, you know, you, you get a, a degree and then you become an officer as opposed to an enlisted guy, right. they don't they You don't, don't need that. a degree to come on, but if you come on with a degree, there's a, 
the the average of those people wind up more of them become bosses than the yeah. other way. You know, because you're used to taking a test, you're used to studying. It's not that foreign to you anymore. So that's why you hey, rise man. up through the ranks. But what what else? When you went back to the band now, so you the come band, back with the short hair. Yeah, so the band we were still um, got fired. I started I started wearing a hat. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I started wearing a hat and we were still we were still auditioning for record companies when I was for about the first month that I was in the academy and I was just exa- I couldn't do it we were doing we had a scooter chart right yeah, 8 yeah. to 4 4 yeah. to 12 and we would do it 8 to 4 I'd be in a rehearsal studio trying to you know work with these guys and there used to be a big building on 8th Avenue called the Music Building right mm-hmm. and it was nothing but music studios and rehearsal studios Madonna was in there at that time. Cindy Lauper, you know, we didn't know who right. they were. And um, P.S. Eventually, I'm like, guys, I can't do this. I'm like, physically, you know, you, it, it's a lot. The academy takes up your time. You, I don't have to tell yeah. you guys, you yeah. know. Yeah, sure. And to do that and try and play in a rock band, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, it's too much. So that was the end of that. But I never let the music go. I mean, I. Um, but you had to leave the band. I had to leave that band. Whatever happened to them. Um, interestingly enough, I was with one of them on Saturday night, mm-hmm. uh, who came to see my current band. It's a, you know, a cover band that we do. Um, and another guy I was with about a month ago, we're trying to like, you know, keep in touch and hang out and go to dinner and stuff. And, uh, it's, it's good stuff. But I mean, yeah. they never wound up getting the record deal. No, no, no. I mean, they all have their own businesses and stuff. I mean, I, I, um. I know so many really incredibly talented musicians. It's so hard to make it. In it's that. like it's really yeah. like hitting lotto. I mean, yeah. the talent is is half the equation. Mm-hmm. The other half is uh, marketing and bus- being a businessman. Yeah, man, right? right place, right time, yeah. and um, just there's just so many variables. It's the to same it, shit you know? we're doing. Yeah. yeah, I think it's better. Yeah, I think it's a if I had to say easier now because there's so many different avenues to get your stuff out there. You can do it on your own. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. But look at comedy. If you get a podcast, if you manage somehow uh, to, to start accumulating followers and you stick through it and you're consistent and then you also do stand-up, you can, that'll translate. There's a way to get a yeah. fan base. And once you have a fan base now, <laughs> like if whatever you go for, they go right to your uh, your Instagram, your, your, your Twitter, and see how many fans you have. And if you have a lot of fans, you, it's a much easier road. Yeah, sure. You know what I'm saying? You'll get something. But back then, you had to have those. You only had to go to one. There wasn't really like an independent label um, no. yet. Those weren't. Uh, those were probably coming up at that point. Well, but, now now people can become famous from YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah there's I mean, a lot more ways. There's that kid who I don't know what is. But it? it's not the same type of fame though. It's it's a spread out. It could be very hard with. You talk about that Asian guitar player. No, there, there, there's, there's a kid. There's a kid um, who reviews toys for other kids, and he's one of the biggest YouTube stars there is. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. Um, and there's the video game guy. There's a I mean, one there's guy, a guy who's guy really for great everything. in video games. Right, right. You know, if you're into wristwatches, there are wristwatch channels. If you're into cameras, if you're into model cars, whatever. It's we're into police off the cuff and we're trying to bust out here. Yeah. <laughs> My girl's into candles, man. She has a a page, an Instagram page. It's called uh, Sensei. Not Sensei, Sensei. And um, she posts up the pictures that she takes. Sensei. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. That's a yeah, play on the Sensei. I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's a great name. And she takes pictures of the candles. 
But she she puts them, you know, with nice backdrops. Is she selling? Actually, is she selling the candles? No, she doesn't make the candles. She gets them. It's this whole thing. It's hard to explain. It's girl yeah. stuff, bro. But it, it they get into these uh, Bath and Body Works. They have their own line of candles, and it's a big thing, man. Like they they have sales, and then you get coupons. And I know way more about this than I should, but uh, I become like fascinated by it because it's an underground. Is she in there? Is she in Bed and Bath uh, Body Works or whatever? Did she get her? Well, they used one of her pictures that's, on their um, on their Instagram, which was pretty cool. Yeah, and um, she yeah, it's a whole world of candles, man. It's out there. <laughs> wow. But there's a lot of these different subcultures, you know, that you can get involved in. So the fan base, whatever you do now, it's very, you know, like a Kevin Hart, he crosses over everything. Uh, the Rock, so does he, Dwayne Johnson. But those, there's not that, they're not like Elvis, man. Back in the day, right. Elvis, John Wayne, yeah. um, you know, James Brown, all these different uh, singers, Bill Cosby, there was only one, you know, Richard Pryor, and everybody knew them. Yeah, you know now in comedy you could have your own comic that you think is great and he's brilliant, but not everybody in the world knows him right, the way exactly. they used to. Because there's just so much, there's so much content out there now. You guys like Sebastian Maniscalco? I think yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's great. I love the fact that he went up hell. on the uh, I think it was the VH1 or the MTV, the, the, the VMAs. It was the great. VMA, yeah. Oh. And then you know he he was actually was he the first one or Dave Chappelle's um, special came out first? But the, you had a three way attack. You had Dave Chappelle's then Sebastian's, yeah. then Bill's. Did they give Sebastian all... a, a tough time after he yeah. did? Oh, yeah, what, yeah. they didn't like his ethnic well, humor? Well, it's not, no, you don't it know wasn't how many, ethnic. It, was it wasn't like... ethnic. It was a knock on the millennials. Right. <sighs> We're going to have backstage, if, if I offend you, if I, anything I uh, say offends you backstage. A crying room. Is it, yeah, yeah, there's exactly. a safe space, and there's a, somebody had a donkey back there that you could pet. It was great. We'll give you it was a, a real, it was a dick. Yeah, I think people like you were laughing. That's great. You know, sometimes even when I do stand up and I do Millennial jokes and almost all the comics, all the millennials, they don't like it. They don't like to be teased. You know, they don't like to be teased. But that was part of our upbringing, being teased. Oh, if, got, you, if you were a cop, you got taught. We, about we used dozens. to say, if you were a cop and you had any type of affliction, you were done. Oh, you were right? done. If you stunted people, like, duh, 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 oh, oh, I mean, yeah, I don't even notice it sometimes. Beyond, but like the other yeah. days, somebody that I that I work with, they're like, ah, man, you went at it pretty hard. And I was like, really? I didn't even notice it. But I, then you look back and you're like, I pretty much, like, if you hang out with me, I'm going to fuck with you all day. Yeah. And, you're, and I'm hoping that you fuck with me all day. Like, right. I sure, love doing sure. stuff like yeah. that. And in between then, we'll make fun yeah, of a whole bunch of, of like every kids. single person that passes a up, now. Yeah, goes no, through I, our path, we'll get made fun of. That's what I do. Yeah. I remember there was a gay guy in the 2-3 and they used to call him a butt pirate. And that was before, like, then all of a sudden it became a lawsuit. Yeah. They call me butt pirate, you know, and he sued. But oh, yeah. like years before that, it was all good kidding. Did he like, win? I think he did. Yeah. Did they give him? A- <laughs> <laughs> they gave him a patch and they gave him the hat. No, no, no. <laughs> did they give him a treasure chest full of gold? <laughs> oh man. No, but I mean, look, there was <laughs> I, I, so mate. much kidding around. That when did the when does the kidding around stop? Well, well when is it bullying too? When is it on the police department? Come on. There was no line. No, no. I mean. Well, but, it was, but it wasn't vicious. Though. Yeah, but no. don't don't forget too. You could you could uh, help a lot to it. You know, your locker could wind up uh, turned upside down. I've seen somebody's desk get thrown out the window. Um, all their papers on the street, and they didn't even deserve that one. <laughs> the Warren Squad was so packed because they went. They had this office on Ninety Eighth Street and Third Avenue, and they was so, there was like forty people in there. And then when we had uh, the new police commissioner. Uh, Carrick, 
he lo- he worked warrants. So he loved warrants. So he that was the broken windows that were following it, picking up people on warrants, getting them to go through the system off the streets constantly. They put an extra hundred people there. So now there's a hundred and forty wow. people in this place that used to hold forty. Oh god. And um, some guy took a desk and he put it like right by a door. So whenever you open the door, you would hit his desk. And these guys, uh, we worked with some guys that were crazy guys, big, big bodybuilder guys. And um, they were like, Who, whose fucking desk is that? And they were like, oh, that's this guy's. They're like, fuck that desk. And they pick it up <laughs> and just throw it right out the window. <laughs> and it was a wooden desk, something that he got from Ikea that he made himself. Oh, man. You know, just to fit in this tiny little area of a space, just so he can have his own work area. <laughs> but it was like blocking the, fuck this oh. desk, right out the window. You know, I when I worked in the 2-3 squad, I got transferred to Homicide. I used to come back and, you know, because we used to have the greatest laughs in the 2-3 squad. And I would walk in, and a detective named John D'Alessio sat in the first desk to the right. And I would walk in, and as soon as he saw me, he'd be like, oh, no. Because he knew it was on. The ball breaking had just started. He'd be like, Johnny, do me a favor. Go get me some pasta fazool and uh, a little scongeal. And get, get yourself some, and some anisette. Three, three uh, coffee uh, beans, all right? You know how it works, right? And get yourself whatever you want. And be like, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> but then it just started, and then it just exploded. The whole squad would oh, start busting balls. And, but it was all fun, you know? And yeah. We- so I, I want to get back to Lou for a second. I'm so fascinated by this. The, 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 the Going into the academy, now you're out of the rock band, and you settled into becoming a cop? So I settled into becoming a cop. And um- Where'd you live? I lived on Laurelard Place, which is like by Arthur Avenue in the Bronx. Oh, in the Bronx. In the oh, he couldn't get away from that hard crust of Italian bread. Nah. He had to have that. My, well, my, my family is, um, is Terranova Bakery. You know Terranova bread? You I've heard of it, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. my mother's sister. Wow. wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I couldn't get away from that. So you That's had some great. coin in the family. Right? Yeah, you know what I love that about that side of the family? <laughs> we're only remember, first cousins. Do you remember when you were a kid and your mother used to send you to the corner to get bread? Go get Italian bread, and he used to go to the corner. And by the time he came back home, at least a quarter of it was gone. Yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. Because you'd study. Louis, are you a connoisseur of fine olive oils? I don't know about connoisseur, but I know, I know. uh, Genko's the best. You know, know. (laughs) I mean, you know the difference between Zabars and. uh, (laughs) You know what's what's interesting? We've been getting into my wife and I've been getting into Spanish olive oil lately. Which is a little different. We're not talking about your uh, sex life. We're talking about culinary. Listen, whatever works, brother. <laughs> you know, after 30, geez, how many years? You've been married over 30 years? 31 years married, 35 years together. It's a long well, time. Yeah, I've been married 30 years also. Yeah, so. Yeah. You, You're good now. You mentioned that. You know, you know the, the. But we don't get into olive oil yes, just dear. for eating. Well, I, listen, whatever, whatever works, man. You know? But um, I forgot the original So you're living question. in the Bronx. You're living single, in the Bronx. I'm, I'm, I'm an NSU 8. And were you a guitarist in the band then? I was. Did you sing too? I did. Um, so that's cool though. Yeah. And then interestingly enough, I still needed, I mean, we didn't make a lot of money back then. So we you were gigging. Money. So I started doing gigs playing weddings, Italian weddings. Oh, that's great. An Italian oh wedding band. <laughs> exactly. How many times did you have to play that? Oh, man. In my life? Do they play it more than once a night? No. I love no. when the guy in the Godfather. And how long does it last? How long does it last when you actually play it? Is it like a 20-minute bit? Uh, it depends on the size of the tarantella circle. Uh-huh. So if it's half small hour, and it's going to be, be like... Hour? No, no, no. I mean that most. If it's big. It's a big if it's big, 10 tw- minutes. 
Really? Yeah, because the old timers just start having heart attacks. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you know. And does it does it raise up like that? Oh yeah, yeah it goes up. Uh, how many times did you do that with the raising up, where the beat starts going fast well, and fast? Well, and fast. it was like we did that, and then we did like shout. You know, like when everybody oh, was yeah, crazy, yeah, yeah. they wedding shout. You know, but the, so the American weddings we would do shout, and the Italian weddings we would do the tarantella. You know, and I remember putting in an off-duty employment application and being denied. And they were like, nope. You're playing you're... in a licensed premise, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, you should so have I'm like, them. So I'm like, what? and so by then I was, I forgot where I was working. Um, I hated that freaking stupid off They owned your man. ass, man. Listen, they said to me, you can't do it. And I said, why not? And they said, because it's a licensed premise. I said, but I'm, I'm being hired by the bride and groom's you know, parents. I'm not working for Marina Del Rey or whoever. Right. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, too bad. you know." So we sued. Mm -hmm. The PBA... Gave us a lawyer. It was but me you and another a lawyer guy. yet, though. No, no. It, it actually got me fascinated into becoming oh, that's a lawyer. Like, that's great. So we brought an Article 78, which is like a, it's a special proceeding. Long story short, we won. You know, the PBA, you know. And, and, and so, who, were you the one that initiated the lawsuit through the PBA's lawyers? Yeah. Me and this guy, Vito Calamito. Holy shit. And Vito what Calamito. He, what is he do? Deliver Lula cheese on the no, He was police officer. And Vito, Vito. Calamito. Listen, Will you please stand? In fact, I'm going to. Louis Lutz, and Vito Calamito. The, the, would the you job, please? The job told there was the mobs coming. Yeah. Listen, man, he was police officer Vito Calamito. Holy shit. And uh, he worked. Oh, I, I worked with him in, uh, in Gracie Mansion. We were in the uniform. But you guys were big in the Columbia Association, I bet, right? You want to know something? I don't think I ever joined. No shit. And I got more power. Italian, and, and I mean, I have all this Italian, like, you know, I'm first generation. I mean, it's, it's part of who I am. They have more think... power than, like, the Emerald Society is the biggest, but they don't have the juice that the Columbia, you know. You know, I don't think I ever joined. I, I think I might have joined a year. I heard never there's better food at their meetings, too. Like, the Emerald Society's hot dogs and sauerkraut and beer, and the yeah, uh, Columbia yeah. Society's well, got no, it no, all. You're you know, gonna, they got all listen. the eggplant palm. You ever go to Italy? Have yes. you been to Italy? I went to Venice oh, no. have you been to Tuscany. No. I can tell you this. Nobody goes to Italy and comes back and says, man, that sucked. Mm -hmm. Oh, the food's no, amazing. I've never heard anybody say Amazing. Yeah. No, no. So it's, it's, it's all good stuff. But He well, may go to Italy, though, and think the food's Latin or Spanish. <laughs> well, it's all good. Some of it. Every word in the squad, I would have stared at him right now, and then he would have known that that's, that didn't that, work. That he one. didn't like that. No, that was, <laughs> he, he, didn't like, he didn't like. He doesn't like one. being teased. I don't mind know? being teased, but I mean, give me something. No, no. Mark, Spain, Spain is very like. I know. went to Spain though. Spain's I went to Mallorca. Some of the best food, but I went to Mallorca. Love it. I, I, I mean, Mallorca is, is, uh, is an island off of Spain. It's, yeah, but it's it was beautiful. The oh, food, it's I, that that food, yeah, that food. I love that food. It's light. It's great. I mean, one of the best meals I ever had was some tuna fish. Tartar, uh, right on the right off the beach there, in a little restaurant. Well, it's interesting that he says that on, because, on a piece of bread. Yeah, uh, with some olives on the side. I, super I never fresh, that super tuna, simple tuna fish. It was That's the best. The deal. It was amazing. They had sardines. I remember, right? So we we think of sardines as like this crap in a can. Right, right. The sardines in Spain were like these these fish about yay big, and they would roast them in foil over a fire for like the whole day. And then the meat just came off the, and they, and like you said, little olive oil, mm -hmm. little lemon, and man, it was unbelievable. Don't super sardines light, super become anchovies? I guess, <laughs> but these were like completely. They you don't. know, since then, never, never had them again, except in, uh, in the south of Spain. Mm -hmm. You know, Andrew says sardines don't become anchovies. He's a, now it's a different. He's fish. a foodie. It's a uh, different fish. Yeah. What kind of fish is an anchovy? No shit. He says, what's an anchovy? Go. It's an anchovy. <laughs> Do you take a fishing rod to catch them? And... Yeah. Yeah, he's our Holy fact shit. finder. 
Andrew's our fact finder. Good thing we have him. But he has no, it's just whatever he thinks. He has no, most of the time he has no knowledge about it. But (laughs) we have to go to him as our fact. You like the, you you break the, the the tie. You're the tiebreaker. That's right. It's a tiebreaker. That's good. So you're in the Bronx. How old are you now? I'm in the Bronx. I'm, I'm a 22 year old cop. 23 maybe but when this lawsuit happens and you win you become fascinated by uh yeah i do so the whole time i'm thinking about going back to school yeah i mean i was i was doing you know like well like a lot of cops do six credits at a time at john jay Mm -hmm. and little by little what was john jay like back then was it friendly to the cops or was it it, was yeah it was i remember they had a program where the pba would pay for three credits and then you paid for three credits and they would have the, the core classes, they would repeat them in the afternoon or in the morning if you were doing a, you know, right. if you're going around the clock. So if you had Professor Panzarella and Criminal Justice 101, you could either take it Tuesday morning at like 8 o'clock Why'd in the morning. Why'd you have to mention or, an Italian professor? That's who I remember. he was really your professor, right? He really was. He was a lieutenant, right? Panzarella was. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You yeah. remember him? Yeah. Yeah. He was a hostage guy, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he yeah. Was, but, but you would never know it because he was so mellow. Like when, when he spoke, he was very right, mellow. He was a hostage. Nego- That's probably why he was a good hostage negotiator. <laughs> he was an HNT no, guy. No, yeah, put yeah. the gun down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's how he was. Yeah. yeah. So they, they coordinated the, the college schedule so you can make after your tour. Give yeah. you enough time to get there yeah. and take whether the you did a midnight or whether you did a day tour. But John Jay has turned now to liberal arts and not uh, as cop friendly. I don't think. Listen, I wound up as an adjunct there for ten years. Yeah. And um, no, I got my master's there, but in in security management, not in criminal justice. Yeah, I mean, I, I let's think get I, a little closer to uh, the lawyering because we're almost up on our first hour. Yeah, we could sure. do that the second. To- no, I know. I just want to get a little bit closer to this. So, when the, between the fascination of the court case. You winning that? Yeah. Did you did you say to yourself, uh, you know what? Maybe I'll finish up and get this undergrad and Yeah. Um, that was part of it. Part of it was uh another fascination with it also. I mean I thought it I thought police work and legal work, I mean, they're clearly they're related. Mm-hmm. Um But you weren't a boss at the, were you a sergeant already now? So by the time I went to law school I was. I made sergeant in um September of eighty nine. You didn't have a side gig then, though. other than playing in the band. You didn't get because a lot of cops have side gigs. I I played in the band uh-huh. and um, it was. It kept but me now you were busy. since you won, you were able to play in the band. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so good. and 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 were in you the playing 80s, like every weekend or no? Um, probably two or three weekends a month. Because weddings could be lucrative back then, right? They were. Yeah. Um, they were, and at one point, I mean, I remember, you know, like looking at my tax return and saying, "Oh man, like I'm, I think I'm making half as much." As a musician yeah. than I am as a cop, mm-hmm. and like, you know, but I'm I'm not working nearly as many hours as a musician. But that's what I was doing with the comedy. You know, yeah, and that's what and, I was doing with the comedy. When you go out and you can make like six hundred bucks on a weekend, right? Fifteen, twenty years ago, right? Go and exactly. That's basically what my 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 check was after taxes for a week. It was Pretty like seven hundred. You know. Yeah. But so, then, the, you know, the live band thing started to die and people started getting more into DJs and stuff. And mm-hmm. So, whatever. Law school. Um, Where'd you go to law school? I went to Brooklyn Law School at oh, night. Oh, okay. And, um, you went at night? Yeah. So, law school, you either go, you're a full-time student, which means you go by day. It takes mm-hmm. three years. Mm-hmm. Or you're a part-time student, which you go at night and it takes four years. It's just... That's still got to be torturous to do while you're working. Right? Brutal. Yeah. It's it's, I mean, brutal. the first... The, the first 
year and a half to two years. The amount of studying you have to do is ridiculous, right? You know, you have to have a really understanding spouse. I mean, we had we had little babies, you know, yeah. and um, you live, you basically work all day, mm-hmm. and then you go to school at night, and it was like Monday through Thursday. Fridays we were off, and Saturday and Sunday for the first year and a half, you live in a law library right, right. So. because you, you're not going to be, and, and law school is weird. It's not like, you know, there's no papers. There's no... Um, you know, grading as you go. Some people never even showed up except for the final exam. The whole thing is the final exam. Uh, you're talking a, about the final exam at the end of the year after after four years? No, the final exam of a given class. So let's say okay. you were studying contracts, right? So I remember contracts was my first exam in law school and it was a five credit course, which is a big deal, right? And it was one question. Wow. You had four hours to answer it. It was it had well, like, you had to answer it in an essay. It had right? thirty subparts. Oh, good, mm. right? So it was like this con- crazy construction contract with like scaffold companies and general contractors and subs and landlords. It was just this this jumble of facts that you had to apply the law to. And um, if you have a bad day, too bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, and you never know what you're gonna do. You don't know how you, because it's. It's graded on a curve. Mm-hmm. So, and there's no wrong answer, you know, because you and I could be a lawyer and we see this, you know, we see something in completely different ways. Doesn't mean I'm wrong, you're wrong, but somehow you have to apply the law to the facts and convince the fact finder that your argument is the correct one. Mm-hmm. But you really do have to know the law. You can't oh, you, just bullshit it. Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. There's no. There's and, no uh, and you just get like a pass or fail for the test? No, you get a grade. You get a grade. So what happened now? There was the five, so it's, five so, credit course. Yeah, and I remember my one. daughter was, was about to be born. And I remember like um, we're, in, we're in the hot. So it's funny how, you know, it, when you, you have kids, Billy? Two, yeah. So uh, how far are they apart? Uh, two and a half years. Okay, years. so the first kid, like everything happens, you, it's a panic, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark, do you have kids? Yeah. All right. So, so remember the first baby, you're like, oh my God, right? Mm-hmm. Second one's like, ah, we've been here already. So right, right. M- my daughter, Nicole, was going to be born the, um, basically the day before my first law school exam. And, you know, we're in the hospital. So and, you're freaking. And, and in between contractions, <laughs> I'm looking at a book. Mm-hmm. And then I'm holding my wife's hand. And then I'm looking at a book. <laughs> and, then, and it was like, you know, after a while, the doctor. She's like, getting pissed. Yeah, you're looking like, at the book. Just go. Just go. I got this, you know. But then, right before, you know, she was born. Of course, I went back upstairs, and right. you know. But that's that's how it was. Like, kind of. My wife of, threw me out to get a wife. slice of pizza because she didn't want me around. You really? know, her mother was there with her. But oh. I came back and I was there for the birth. No, I, I was. Yeah, I was yeah. the second one. It's the first one took forever to be born. What it takes to actually become successful, you know, and yeah. thrive. It, it takes a lot of hard work. Yeah, that's what I try to instill. I've, in my you know, kids. but like, like Louis but do says, it when you're young. Yeah, do it when you're young because it gets the yeah. older you get, the harder it gets. The energy level and the yeah, the energy levels and the excuses that Especially you can come school. up with. But you did it at the right time, man. I yeah. admire you. I seen, you know, I seen other guys that went to law school too. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna wrap up the first hour here, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna learn about the law career and how uh, what you do representing uh, police officers throughout cool. these years. All right, and how much you've helped. All First right, time. I think the first hour has been fascinating, man. I really, Thanks really for having me. I can't it. believe it's been an hour. Yeah, it, it goes, goes quick, right? It goes fast. You know? It goes quick, man. You and tell we it. didn't even start picking on you Yeah, yet. but you <laughs> tell a great story, man. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fascinating. All right, we'll be back.